all about the you know high definition. I have a voice for radio and a face for radio as well. <laughs> so you don't know. sell yourself short just because of the dermatitis. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Phil, thanks for coming on the show, brother. Man, I really appreciate you coming on, and I think it's really going to be a good show because uh, we've got so much to cover. Absolutely. Um, I think I think there's a lot. There's there's a lot of momentum right now. I think you know, with, with what we're doing. And I think it, it's kind of the perfect time to start injecting this even more into the community. So, so to me, it's an absolute honor to be on Mentors for Mill. You know, Mentors for Mill is, is something that I've been following for, for long enough to know that, you know, when the opportunity came up, that it wasn't even a question. Wow. That's just like so. blows my mind. So, you know, I mean, I've probably mentioned this on other episodes, but we started this thing out and there were, you know, three or four of us that were regulars and, when we when we started this whole thing, it was uh, a guy named Rudy um, who helped me really kind of kick this thing off. And Rudy's gone on to other things. You know, occasionally he might come back, but he uh, he and I, when we'd get like thirty downloads, a hundred downloads, we were like, "Dude, hundred downloads!" You know, and, it's like, and the thing is, is that today we probably don't focus on the number of downloads. It's just we yeah. get that one message that comes across, whether it's yeah. a an email or a text message or a direct message on Instagram or Facebook or whatever social media platform. Yeah, and it, and it just like sets it. You know, it's like, all right, that's it. We're, I mean that that that's something that took me a while. To, to really understand, you know, when we started, I'd post a picture and we'd get maybe, you know, 20 likes, 25 likes. And I'm like, well, you know, is, is, is this worth it? Is, is the, the, the energy we're putting into worth it? Is, is this movement going to gain momentum? But then we'd get that message and it would say, Hey, I needed this today. Yeah. I, you saved me today. Like, yeah. I mean, n- now we're getting, we get messages like, look, I, I put a gun in my mouth last night and because of something I read, you know, that you wrote, even if I got a hundred likes as opposed to a thousand likes, that doesn't even matter to me anymore. You get, just like you said, you get that one message, you get that one message that says you, you changed my life and it's all worth it. it. Nothing else matters at that point. So we have amazing people who support us on Patreon and uh, patreon.com. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, Phil, but you know, in Patreon, we have a mentors for mail um, site. And one of the individuals who is one of our biggest supporters contacted me at one time for mass for my phone number. I don't normally give that out. He contacted me and we talked for, I don't know, probably 30 minutes or an hour. And what he said was there was a particular episode where he was at that stage and he listened to an episode of ours that changed yeah. his life. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about for you, as far as like, you know, a, a photo, a message, which you have amazing messages, by the way. Thank you. Um, Thank I, you. Yeah, no, I really, it's deep. It's thought provoking, but you know, would you hear that as well about a podcast and something that somebody said as a guest or one of us said, it, it just blows your mind and it makes you feel like, all right, all the hard work and extra time that you do, because, you know, like you, we we don't get paid for this, you know, and, yeah. and we're doing yeah. this a lot of on our own dime and, and a whole bit. And it's it's really trying to help the community. Yeah. And when you get stuff like that, it's really amazing. Yeah, the, the, the wildest thing is that you don't think about, or I don't think about at least, you know, I'll spend hours and days, you know, writing something and curating something, but then all it takes is to be in a yoga class, for example, and I'll say one thing and that one thing gets through to the right person. They come to me afterwards and they say, y- you turned it around for me. 
you know, like all, all the work I put in compared to something that I just put out there from the soul, from the heart, and it changes someone's someone's day, someone's world, then, you know, I think that that's what matters. Like that's 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 the good stuff. I want to get back into maybe the deep part because you know you you do have some really thought provoking posts like i mentioned and sometimes you're a poet and sometimes you're just more of you know what comes from the heart and what you're thinking at the time frame and yeah. it could be while you're down range it could be whatever the case may be that comes into your head that gives you um you, you know you set your purpose and you lay it out there and you know you can really feel it from your heart is this something that you started, you know, were you in like theatrics or whatever in high school or something of that nature that led to this point? What what got your artistic juices flowing? So it, it's actually a funny kind of long, which so I'm going to give you the abridged version of yeah. the story. Yeah. Um, so when I, a few years ago, I wanted to be a, I went to college. I said, I'm going to be a business major because that makes sense, right? Like, yeah. It just it just seemed like the right thing to do. I went to college, always wanted to join the military, but in my family, my parents always pushed me to school. I went to school. I spent three weeks in business school, and I said, this isn't for me. So I said, what do I want to do? I want to, I want to write the next great novel. I want to be the next Hemingway. So I spent I spent a couple more weeks in creative writing, dropped out of, dropped out of that school, went to a different school. I spent a couple of weeks in creative writing, and I said, well, this isn't me. I'm a failure at this. So now I'm two failures down. So then, so then, <laughs> it's still so, in school. Yeah, that's still. A good, that's a good thing. Right? Yeah, so I'm still I'm still above water. Like don't be wrong. I mean, yeah. in, in the meantime, I'm still you know bouncing at three different clubs at night in, in the in the heart of Boston, oh. knocking heads when I can. But in oh, the meantime, yeah. I'm trying to become this this you know this poet. Um, I found photography after that, and I said, "Wow, photography is great. This is what I want to do." Market crash in two thousand nine. I said, "All right, now I'm a failure at photography, so I got to figure out the next step." Uh, worked for the army for a while. Uh, had some experiences in the army. Um, led my way to where I am in soft. Broke my back. Lost a couple good buddies. Like all of these really painful, like terrible things happened in my life. But it's, it's like, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of Joseph Campbell and talk about the hero's journey. No. The, the hero's journey is this, this rise where you come from all these, all, all this, this destitute, where you get to this point where you, you feel like you've somewhat made it as a person. It doesn't mean that you're necessarily a millionaire. It doesn't mean that you're necessarily, you know, a prize fighter, for example. You're just, you're someone that's, you're self-actualized. And when you get to that point, you can help others. So for me, when I when I got to that point, I realized my hero's journey was that, you know, all of these things that I thought were failures had actually made me into the person that I needed to be to help others. Mm. And to me, you know, my duty in life, you know, has been to 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 take the things that I've learned, things that I've gone through, and to be able to to give that to others is the greatest gift. And I can only do that, you know, with who I am. Just same way I teach yoga, you know, the way I teach yoga is, is a very stripped down, very bare. There's nothing crazy and sexy about it, but it's soulful and there's, there's music blasting and you're going to sweat and you're going to think and you're going to breathe. And at the end of it, you're going to feel like a new person. And that, that's kind of the way I approach, you know, social media and my writing, you know, some days I'll be a poet, some days I'll be a brawler, you know, some days I'll be a soldier on social media. Uh, but I want to be relatable to everyone, you know, not yeah. just the guys in, in special operations, you know, to the to the fueler, you know, to the 88 Mike, to to, you know, anyone across the board, to the medic, to the um, to the farmer, 
you know, anyone across the board should be able to relate to the, the feelings and the emotions um, that I'm trying to put out. And, and I don't see myself as a poet. I don't see myself as a writer. I see myself as a soul just trying to connect with other souls in the world the now, best way I can. You mentioned a very artistic background there, but I got to mention to you that, you know, as you were saying this, it was very artistic as well. And when you said brawler, I thought you were going to say a baller. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a little CeeLo. Yeah. I mean, you were like, you were like right on the path, but, <laughs> but, but yeah, you could tell that, you know, you chose career paths or you chose, chose different things because obviously you were really, um, you know, in tune with yourself, you know, at a very young age, obviously, and trying to, to look at um, your feelings, your inner thoughts, yeah. introspectively, you know, and we don't do that very often as individuals, we don't like yeah. to think about internally, the things that maybe we do well, or we don't do well at all. Yeah, it, I mean, it's hard it's challenge. It is. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I spent I, I remember a specific conversation that I had when I was in high school. There was a teacher that I had that he was he was a, a, a plethora of different jobs. You ask me now, I don't remember. It was it was, you know, way too many years ago that I'd like to admit. But I remember after he told me what he'd done with his life that I sat back and I said, damn, like that's the life I want. Like yeah. that's I, I want people to look at my life and I want them to say, damn, that dude lived. So the way that I've always tried to live my life was to to follow my passions. You know, when I was when I was I think I was 21 years old, I decided I want to be a war photographer and I bought a ticket and I found an agency in Jerusalem that would hire me. And I, in 2006, I went to work for a photo agency in Jerusalem. Go figure. The war started with Hezbollah up north. I ended up becoming a war photographer at 21 years old with no body armor, no experience and no, no, no clue what I was doing. Um, but I gained a lot of experience. And I gained a hell of a lot of life experience. Um, I came back from that and I just continued the path, just following following those things that I thought might make me fulfilled. Yeah. And, and, and all of the all of that path, you know, I, I even remember a boss when I used to be I was an armor officer uh, several years back. And I remember sitting down for my final uh, my final meeting with my boss before before I switched careers, before I switched jobs in the army. And he was an old school OIF one Silver Star recipient. If if you read the book Thunder Run, he's the very first name on the Silver Star recipients. You know, like popping dudes, popping dudes from the tank with his nine. Like absolute, absolute unbelievable man. Like best leader I've ever had. And he sat me down and he said, "Phil, you need to figure out what you're going to do with your life. You ne you need to find a path." And and I just didn't agree with it. I just didn't agree with it. I I wanted to keep. As much as I respected that, you know, I wanted to keep searching. I wanted to keep searching for that thing. And it wasn't until I found American Yogi, you know, until I found this path that I felt like I truly found my le my legit purpose for life, if that makes sense. It does, but yet it doesn't because I want to get to what led you to that point. So you, you switched career paths, but there was a journey, obviously, that had taken place here that led you to the point of which you you know, you were obviously grounded. You were an individual that were, was artistic. You know, um, you wanted to, to look at ways to explore yourself and get in contact. I, I totally understand that piece of it. yoga yeah. is by far a great way. Meditation, those types of things. Absolutely. Yeah. To get in touch with your inner self, but there's something that also led, you know, when you went down a path, especially with soft that led you to the point of which you felt like, all right, 
not only do I need this, but there are 100%. others, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. And, and honestly, I would say that's a, that's a harder in path. Um, you know, after, after I joined the army, you know, I, I was in, I was in the cav and I went through an incredibly hard stretch in the cav. We had a, a year of training where we lost three different soldiers. Um, and during that time, um, you know, one of those soldiers, uh, died in a training accident where his, his Bradley, uh, took a flip off of a cliff in at four cars in Colorado, cut him in half, landed behind the talk oh, with the Brad, geez. with the, with the Bradley on fire. Um, and that was my, that was like my first day in my new unit there. So that was after I'd already gone through my time as a platoon leader. I was up in, I was up in staff at that point, wasn't sure what to expect. Um, and that was my first experience with that unit. Um, shortly after, um, I lost a very close buddy who I spent his last 24 hours with before he came off life support. And that was, that was my best friend. That was, that was one of my NCOs. Um, and then shortly after that, I broke my back in uh, December 2015. How did you so do just, that? Uh, I was actually, I mean, it's, it's not a sexy story. It's not, a, it's, <laughs> I, like the, the story is one that I wish was a little, a little sexier. Um, Go ahead and live it up then. I'll, I'll do my best. There, no shit. There I was on on, on a gunnery range. Oh, one one way live fire. You know, yeah. bullets flying one direction. Um, so, you're speaking um, to my heart. You know, I'm an yeah. old tanker, by the way. I do know that. Yeah, yeah. I do know that. I noticed that. I was wondering when it was going to come up. <laughs> speaking cab, we're speaking the same language. Go ahead. Oh, anyway. you can. I, yeah. I've got old Bill tattooed on my arm. I don't even. Uh. Like, I, I can. I can go there. <laughs> but uh, so I'm on I'm on the uh, the gunnery range and I'm I'm in the VC seat. And my gunner said, "Hey, there's there's a troop target out there." And I said, "Well, I don't I don't see it, man. Like I I don't know what to tell you." He's like, "Just get up higher on your seat. Like you'll you'll be able to see it." So what do I do? You know, I'm wearing my gunner restraint harness. I hop up on because you know how it is. It's that curved yeah. seat on the back of the, of the of the TC seat, and I I stand up on the seat and I get up on my tippy toes and I see the target. And just as I see the target. And this is the the completely unsexy part is where my feet come straight up in the air about three feet and my back crunches down on the edge of the seat. Um, I didn't know. So you went down into the gunner. I went I went straight down onto the onto the seat of the TC seat. Like you know, there's that back. Nobody ever sits in the seat. I I, I missed everyone, but I ended up hitting my back. Oh, so, God. so so then no shit again. There I was lay, <laughs> laying on the back of the striker. Uh, or on the bottom of the striker uh, laid out in just like I couldn't even yell out I was in such pain and my gunner looks over to me he's like are you okay and I was like no I'm I'm, I'm not okay at all man like I, I don't know what to tell you and he's like well you know we have to we have to finish this range <laughs> so I, I, I laid I laid there for for 20 minutes. I mean, I, I, I mean, so many years ago at this point, I assume it was 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, I laid there for a minute in the most extreme pain that I could possibly think of. For the good of the army, the cab, for God the good of the army, <laughs> forgotten country. I, I found, I found the, the courage. I found the chutzpah and I stood up and I spent two more hours proofing that range with a broken back with two fractured vertebrae. Right. Oh my gosh. So, and you know, uh, you know, strikers, they bounce up and down. There's no, the suspension is, is, is absolute dog shit on it. Right. Yeah. So, so my back is just constantly compressing, but you do what you have to do. 
You know, I, I finished the range. Uh, it takes three guys to get me to the back of the striker. We finally drive back. Um, it takes another six guys to get me out of the truck once we get there. Um, I, I get to the hospital and it takes another six nurses to get me out of, cause the medics didn't show up of course oh, at the motor pool. So, so I'm driving in a, a Nissan Sentra with a broken back to get to the hospital. I get to the hospital. It takes the nurses to get me out. And they said, sorry, your back is broken. Um, we don't know what to tell you. So, so here I am lay, you know, laying in this hospital bed and of course, my buddies come and they start making jokes about the the hospital bed was called the the brand was Striker, so so then it was Striker zero three. So that turned out to be my call sign <laughs> from then on, um, and they just started making fun of me for 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 falling. I laughed it off as much as I could in as much pain as I was. Um, I moved from 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 being laid out on a couch for two weeks or three weeks to being. On a walker, but I tried to like I tried to decorate the walker with as the much tennis like, balls. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, I had the tennis balls. I hundred percent had the tennis balls. And you know what? I was proud of the tennis balls. I'm pro- okay. I'm, I'm visualizing the old guy from Up. You know the the cartoon. That up was and me. Everything. Yeah, that was me. I, I was up for for several weeks. And and the worst part about this is that I was two weeks away from going to selection. So oh. that the only thing in my mind is I'm supposed to be in selection in two weeks. It's all I kept asking the doc is, am I going to be okay? I need to get to selection. Um, but I finally, I, I get to PT, I get to physical therapy. And this is, I guess, three, four weeks after the accident. And I, I asked the PT and I said, can I still go to selection? And what does he say? He's a long tabber, right? That he, he was a long tabber. And now he's a, and, you know, then he was a physical therapist. He said, he said, dude, if you can take the pain, you know, whatever, just do it. So, so what do I do? I, you know, I, I, I man up and I do it. You, you know, motion up and, and head exactly, out. <laughs> exactly. You know, loaded up on pain meds until they wouldn't give me any more. And then I just started charging forward and I started walking with a cane and I started, you know, walking without the cane and jogging. Um, and eventually I made it to selection and I was in brutal pain. I was a dude that there was icing every single night at the end of the day. I'd go straight to the med shed I'd grab the biggest bag of ice they would give me, and I would just lay there on ice for as long as I could for, for the cadre to not come and, and give me shit. Um, I got home, and I'm in terrible pain, and I'm I'm depressed as hell. I just you know I just lost a buddy. You know I was on the the recovery team for another buddy for a mission that I planned that I sent him on. You know there was like couldn't have been in a worse situation physically and mentally, and. My wife said, you need, you need to get out of this funk. You need to get off the couch. You need to stop being sorry for yourself. You need to get off these meds. So what, so what, did, I, what did she send me to was yoga. So that's when I, I tried yoga. And it was the first time in my life that from all the pain, all, you know, I spent years angry and fighting. You know, my younger years, all I wanted to do was, uh, was get into fights and, 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 and raise hell. Um, but finally... You know, I was in a place where I really needed peace. So I started doing yoga. I started seeing a therapist. Um, I, I, you know, I started reaching out for help, talking to buddies. And I, what I found was that there was a sense of peace in me um, that I didn't know was available within me. So what I, what I discovered, though, was that there was other guys around me that needed it just as much as I did. And they just weren't talking about it. So I went to my, my platoon sergeant at the time, who is a caveman of a dude, 
So you picture like an old school scout, you know, six two, six three, you know, two hundred thirty pounds, just monster. Like if he's on your side, he's your best friend. If he's not, you better watch the hell out. It was that kind of guy. And I was sitting at the bar with him. We were having a beer, and I kind of mustered up the courage, and I was like, "I'm seeing a counselor." I'm seeing a therapist. I just want to tell you that. And rather than him saying, well, that's, you know, that that's gay. You know, because that's, that's, it was say in the army, right? You say, oh, that's just gay, right? But he said, how did you do it? Like, what was it like? You know, how, like, what is it like talking to someone? You know, who did you go talk to? And it was at that moment that I realized that I wasn't alone. And that was kind of the start of my journey of becoming someone that was a fighter, someone tough, someone that was hiding all my emotions, hiding all my pain, hiding all my depression. You know, yoga brought me to a place where I could find some peace. And then the therapy and the counselors brought me to someone that can help me understand all that was going on through my head. Um, and then it, it, it kind of put it all together. And I realized that, you know, my mission really was to help other people that, maybe didn't see it as an option before. And that's, that was kind of the start of this, the catalyst of, of where we are now, you know, you know, down the road, then, you know, I went to a yoga festival. There was 20,000 women and about 15 guys and there was nothing for men there. And, and I said, I said, this needs to change. Um, I went to my brother who's a, who's an MBA. So thankfully he has a business mind because I do not in the slightest. I'm, I'm a big, I'm, you know, big idea, man, big thinker. Um, and I said, I, I said, I'd like to do this thing. And he said, if you're into it, I'm on board. Uh, my brother, Mike is an absolute stud and he's the one that he, that, that, that he is the backbone of American yogi. He keeps us alive. And he said, let's do it. And from there, it, it, it sort of has taken off into, um, a place that allows both men and women um, who feel that they don't have a place to find peace, they don't have a place to share with others, and feel that, you know, uh, that's you know, tribe from Sebastian Younger. You know, when I read that book, I understood. I understood this 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 community that we're all a part of, this tribe that we're all a part of that we maybe don't think about, but it's intrinsic to us. Yeah. And American Yogi, I think, is the manifestation of tribe. Right. It's the manifestation of of our service, but we bring it. We bring it to the, you know, to the to the physical world outside of being a veteran, and we come together and we grow together and we heal together, and it's 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 unbelievable. And I can't think of anything else that that is is better in this life. Well, you know, there there are so many different nonprofits that are out there that focus on different ways to bring a tribe together. To whether it's you know going out to outdoor activities, shooting, you know, fishing, hunting, wh whatever it may be. Yeah. Um. And and yet something as simple as just getting together on the mat with fellow people and doing yoga. That's not a nonprofit. It's just a way to heal your mind and your body at the same time frame can be so rewarding and and who would have thunk that oh absolutely i mean because because what do we all think of when we think of yoga we think of you know women in yoga tights and crystals and you know lotus flowers and all those things and you know while those are part of the practice i'm not going to deny that you know there's a whole other side of the practice and it's and it's a practice it, that is the part of the practice that i'm trying to bring out as a teacher now you know one part of it was on social media now bringing to the physical space is you know, it's okay where you come from. Like when I started doing yoga, I would practice on a beach towel. 
So everyone around me had these like $120 mats and these really nice towels and all these like really nice clothes. And I, and I brought, I brought my buddy with me to my first class and he is, if, I mean, I'm sure you've seen the movie Fury. So he is your typical tanker, just a big old West Virginia boy, right? Like the last dude you'd ever expect in a yoga class, but I needed someone with me. I couldn't do it alone. Right. right. I needed, I needed a buddy. So I brought him along, and the two of us are practicing on uh, beach towels in a very nice studio, hot asana in uh, in Colorado Springs. And there was no judgment. No one looked down on us. No one looked sideways at us. And for the first time in both of our lives, we felt like we had a family just like we had in the military. It's It is an unbelievable feeling, and that is what we are trying to show people to, you know, to bring onto the mat and that it's okay to bring onto the mat. Yeah. Yeah. Going back to the NCO that you, you know, had that you were talking with about going through the therapy. I think, you know, a lot of people, when they start looking at going to talk to somebody, it's, it's the difficulty I've heard over and over again of trying to find the right person, somebody that they can really open up to somebody that they can connect with. And at times there's, an opportunity to do it in, in maybe perhaps a much different way by finding like-minded people, like you were talking about, that tribe, that group yeah. of individuals who understand where you're coming from and, and perhaps can help you in some ways cross over maybe one step. Maybe it's two steps ahead of where you are right now. Exactly. Or, or provide advice about things like you needed to hear. Um, hey, you got to get off the meds. You got to get out to working out. You, you've got to do something kind of spiritually where you connect internally with yourself to find who you are. Where do you want to go from here? What's your passion and purpose? Yeah, Robert, I, th I think you are. I think you're spot on. And, and I think that's that's the other thing that we try to espouse is that yoga isn't the panacea. You know, yoga isn't the the answer to everyone. You know, some people may get on the mat and say, it's not for me. Yeah. You know, I have I one of my gunners to this day, he's a big old country boy, and he has told me very bluntly that he will never do yoga, that he will never set foot on a mat. And I told him, I'm okay with that, but I want you to read what I'm writing. Yeah. I, I want you to try to connect with what we're trying to create. And that he will do. You know, maybe maybe it's not yoga, maybe it's rock climbing, maybe it's running, maybe it's surfing, maybe it's shooting. You know, maybe it's three gun, you know, whatever, whatever that thing is, you know, what we're trying to espouse is to find that thing, pour yourself into that thing in that one minded way where for just a few minutes of a day, you're focusing on just that one thing. And when you do that, you find presence. And when you find presence, you find peace. Yeah. And if you listen to past guests that are, have been on this show, you're going to hear that running theme over and over again. I mean, if you go back even a couple episodes to somebody, you know, a Delta guy that, you know, did amazing things, Chris Van Sant, who came on the show, yep. what does he do? He climbs mountains. He goes exactly. out there into nature. He does something that's still in the uncomfortable, that pushes his limits, that challenges him on a daily basis. But he does it now with somebody that, that he also loves and cares for and wants to help teach and bring that individual up to his level, which is his spouse. And at the same time frame, he's doing things that, quite honestly, he didn't do on a natural daily basis, even in his military time. 
And and you're absolutely right. It's people, you know, when you when you mention your gunner who is saying there's no way I'd ever do that. No, this is the time when you need to push yourself beyond the limits and into the uncomfortable because you might find, you know, that that thing you think is hokey pokey and strange or whatever yeah. actually provides some kind of healing. I'll be the first one to tell you. I know we're kind of talking about yoga and we're talking about many other different things here, but the first time I entered a yoga mat, I was the exact same way. And one of our co-hosts, uh, he goes by special operator on uh, Matt yep. Scholar. Matt Scholar, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, former PJ, you know, he was like, you know, Robert, I think you would do a, a, you know, do so much better, especially with my neck injury, if you were just to get on a mat. And so he started putting out videos, and I started getting on the mat, and what a major change I started seeing within, I don't know, maybe seventy-two hours, as early as that. Oh yeah. I started feeling so much better because I'm pushing and stretching muscles that not only have I not used in a while, which was of course painful and, and, you know, caused me to, to work myself and bring up a sweat and everything only because it's stuff that I never did before. And I'm working yeah, muscle groups that I had never had, but I think there was a deep spiritual aspect of it that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, and I think that is a that is an experience that you'll find in in most people that that step onto the mat. You know, I, I never considered myself a spiritual person, but now you'll hear me talk about energy. Yeah. Now you'll hear me talk about you know energetic connection, and and the thing that to kind of go back to what you were talking to, what you were talking about is that you know there, there's not one type of yoga. You know, every studio you go to is going to be different. Every type of yoga can be different. The lineages are different. You know, the, the one teacher could play a certain type of music that you like or you don't like. Maybe that's not your teacher. One type of teacher may, may really instruct some difficult poses, and maybe that's not your teacher. But you practice, you try different things, and eventually you'll find that person, if you, if you want to do the work, or if you're willing to do the work, I should say, then you can find that outlet. And, you know, the way that I... That I describe yoga to people. So in my classes, I have people that, that have never done yoga before. So the, the cool thing about uh, creating the online presence and then translating it to the studio is I have people that, that know me as American yogi, but then show up at the studio and they're like, hey, I want to try yoga because I know you and it seems like you're, you know, you're espousing. You're cool celebrity. Yeah. Uh, by no <laughs> means. I, I am a, a very tiny micro celebrity. <laughs> but what, what I explained to them is that you know, you may not get on the mat and feel the first time like, oh my, I've, I've hit Nirvana. I'm, I'm Buddha. You know, I, I have I have hit Nirvana. Everything's great. Everything's right in the world. My problems are gone. That's the farce. You know, you're not going to feel it. if that's what you're that's what you're approaching it with. Maybe you will. I'm not going to say it won't happen, but the, the chances are low. Um, so I used to be a contractor before I joined the army up at Fort Lewis, uh, Washington. And that was, I was a Florida boy. So this was the very first time I'd ever been out to, to, to Washington. Wait, we didn't cover that. Where are you from in Florida? I'm from Tampa. Oh, okay. I'm from Pensacola. So anyway, keep going. Oh uh, yeah. You're up the coast. You're <laughs> yeah, up there. Yeah. You might as well be Alabama. From <laughs> we are lower Alabama. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Anyway, anyway, go ahead. Uh, so, so, you know, when I got to Washington and I was a, I was a contract, I was actually the sole contract photojournalist for the army at the time which sounds really sexy was not at all. I was covering FRG events, so it was not it was not the 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 exciting time that you might think. I mean, I hung out of a few planes and I covered a few jumps and whatnot, but that other than that was not sexy. Um, but I would go out in the field and I'd be wearing 
you know, just a regular, you know, button down, a pair of jeans, you know, maybe a coat. And it would be misty outside because there was no rain in the forecast. And then after, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, an hour, I'd be soaking wet. And I would realize shit, like I didn't realize throughout all this time that I was actually was actually getting wet. And yoga to me is the this is how I describe it to people. It's the same way. You go the first time to yoga, you may not realize that you're absorbing. You may not realize that you're growing, that you're getting more flexible, that you're becoming more present, that you're actually dealing with the things, especially in the military, when we're always either dealing with what just happened or we're thinking about the future of what happened that allows you to deal in the present moment. But over time, over one class, two class, three classes, you come for a month maybe. By the end of that, you realize, man, I'm I'm actually a little more centered. I'm actually a little more at peace. I'm not as anxious as I was. And by the way, I can reach down and tie my shoes now, or I can reach behind me to grab something. You know, that's it's the same way of getting covered in mist, because by the end of it, you're soaked in yoga, you're soaked in presence, you're soaked in peace. And that that's at least how I how I can describe the practice to people that that maybe wouldn't have given it a chance. Well, in my own hotel room, there were many times, um, you know, early on, I wasn't somebody that really thought about yoga because like you described, it was it was probably more somebody who would go into a studio would more than likely a, a lot of women, not very many you know guys there within the studio. But something that I paid attention to that I always liked that you could do by yourself and really practice and reduce the stress, which is something I needed a lot. I was in management consulting, working with a lot of clients with a lot of stress or as an executive in corporate on the corporate side. And, you know, after I got out of the army and um, Tai Chi was something that was introduced to me. And so I found that the movements and the slow process of Tai Chi allowed me to focus on my breathing, my movements, and I was also exercising at the exact same time frame. So when somebody said, you know, like, Matt, hey, you need to think about yoga, I, I gave it deeper thought. I was like, you know, now I need to really think about that because I saw the benefits of Tai Chi and how it really helped me in and even at times before I walked into a meeting or anything, just stop, meditate, breathe, yeah. listen to my breathing, concentrate, you know, and and calm myself down. I started thinking maybe yoga could be beneficial, and and it was more acceptable at that time frame. I I think I think you hit a lot of really good things right there. Um, you know, when I was in college, I read a book uh, called Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind by Shunryu Suzuki, right? And it was part of a Eastern religion class that I thought was, it was a blow off class. I thought, oh, this will be easy. I'll take some acupuncture. Like I'll, I'll learn about some, you know, some herbal stuff and me, you know, maybe it'll be interesting. Um, but really, you know, one of the things that he espouses is that, you know, in the, in the beginner's mind, uh, there are many possibilities in the experts. There are a few, you know, if you start as a beginner, you know, your mind is open. When I started meditating, so I, my meditative practice came way before my yoga practice. You know, I was in Colorado Springs. I was a four cars in Colorado. And I was that dude who would find himself in random cabins in Manitou Springs or you know, downtown Colorado Springs with a bunch of old hippies walking into a silent meditation room, walking silently for 10 minutes and then sitting for 45 excruciating minutes one night. And then the next night I'd be in a college campus listening to a professor talk about 
uh, centering and talk about meditation. And that, like, that was my intro to it. Um, but, but it opened a door for me of something that I didn't know existed within my mind. So I started exploring meditation. And by the time I went to selection, this was even before yoga. And I went to selection and everyone at selection is nervous. Everyone at selection is anxious. You know, no one wants to fail. No one wants to do the wrong thing. But everyone around me looked at me like, well, how are you so calm? And I said, because I can only do what I can do. I'm going to sit or stand. I'm going to take a breath. I'm going to close my eyes for a moment. And then I'm going to attack whatever it is they're asking me to attack. And either I'm going to do okay on it. I'm going to do poorly on it. But either way, I, I am giving every bit of my mind to it. And I could have only done that with a meditative practice. And yoga to me is the extension of that meditative practice. It'll, it's the movement of that meditative practice. So it's all, it's all interrelated. And as long as your mind is open to it, you can become a whole different person. You can approach things in a way you never thought was possible. You, you know, we talked very early on about post-traumatic stress and, you know, finding yoga and tribes and, and ways to meditate and, and those types of things to, to help with those um, instances, you know, where you feel like, you know, things are, are not, in, you're not in control. You're no longer in control. And, and yet, you know, Matt, when he used to come on the show a lot more frequently as a co-host would talk about the benefits of going through meditation and yoga and, and those types of things as way to not only cope with post-traumatic stress, which he found great relief from, especially, you know, now, you know, under the water and being on the water as part of his therapy process. Mm -hmm. But I've heard it time and time again, that if you learn this practice in the very beginning of your military career, especially within the soft community, you're going to do so much better because of the challenge that you just described. And especially, you know, in stressful situations where we are always taught, you know, before you hit the target, about the breathing, about calming down, about, you know, calming your breath before you squeeze the trigger, the whole thing that we're, oh, yeah. you know, every bit of it, but everybody looks at it though. And if you tell them, Phil, it, we're talking about meditation and yogi, uh, yoga, the first thing they'll be thinking of is, yeah, you full of it, man. You know, I ain't yeah. doing that stuff. This you're me on a, yeah. You're not getting me on yeah. the mat. You yeah. Know? So, I mean, I think, so you, you brought up three things for me that I, all, all three things I want to address. Okay. What's amazing is is you're just you're sparking these things that that, that <laughs> I I have been thinking about for years. So it's amazing to be able to actually to have a, a platform for these. Um, you know, I went to Griffin Group a few years ago. So you know, we, we were doing a pistol course. You know, it was it was conce a concealed course. We did um, all kinds of work with with absolute professionals, ex SWAT, ex police, and we got onto the range, and they start talking us through. You know, their methods and what did it turn out to be it was yoga it was meditation it was visualization the loki there and it, 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 it snuck in right yeah and so we don't realize that a, a lot of times like some of the the most you know the, the experts in this community some of the most proficient operators in our community are ones that are practicing these things you know, without truly knowing that they're practicing mindfulness and meditation. Um, the other thing that you brought up was was PTSD. And um, I think a lot of us deal with post-traumatic stress, you know, whether we're in the military, whether we're, in, you know, an EMT, whether we're, you know, a doctor, a medic, whether we are 
a regular person that's been through a really hard time. Yeah. Military um, sexual trauma is another one. You that's know, a huge one. Trauma. Yeah. That's an absolutely huge one. And, and honestly, talking about military sexual trauma, like that, that's a whole nother wormhole because that's something that the, the longer I've been in my in my career, the more that I've learned that we need to address it. The more that more women that I've spoken to that have been through it. Um, but the PTSD aspect is, you know, while yoga, while meditation is a way, you know, it's not the end all. It's, you know, we need, we need to deal with it. We need to talk to therapists. We need to talk to, to those that can help us unpack and, pro and, and process that. You know, I, I will say I will be the first one to stand up and say I don't have all the answers. Yeah. You know, I, I still deal with a myriad of issues from post-traumatic stress, from depression, from anxiety. But what yoga gives me is a way to start dealing with that. But I also see therapists. I also see psychiatrists. I also talk to friends that can relate. Um, I have a buddy in seventh group that uh, went through a couple really tough uh, deployments in Afghanistan. And he, I've known him since he was a cadet, the youngest and the, the, the wettest behind the ears to someone that, that, needs, that needs some help. And, you know, we realize that we need to talk to each other. And there are many methods to deal with PTSD. And there's not, there's not a magic bullet. But yoga is definitely a way. And then on the last point that you brought up was from the soft community. You know, the soft community, what I, what I will say and what I love about the soft community is of, of everyone in the Army, you know, the, you know, I've been on the conventional side. I've even on our, our last deployment to Syria, you know, we had conventional folks with us and I taught yoga that entire deployment. Um, I, I didn't I wasn't able to convince to get a conventional soldier out to yoga with me. Oh, you didn't? I was going to say. <laughs> I was not able to get a conventional soldier. <laughs> but the great thing about SOF is I had team guys out with, with us. You know, we had OGA. We had we had FBI. We had we had everyone from the – we had CCTs with us. We had all these guys that had never done yoga in their lives. I had a guy who came up to me and said, I can't meditate. I just can't do it. My mind wanders too much. I, I, could, I can't sit still. And I said, just, just give me a few minutes. Come sit on the roof with me. So we sat on the roof of the team house. And I, and I walked him through a 90-minute meditation. So he meditated for an hour and a half. Wow. And he was blown away. He said it felt like 15 minutes. And then the next day, I had a handful more and a handful more. So by the end of deployment, we had 20, you know, 20, a couple dozen guys out that were on the roof twice a week doing yoga with us despite the fact that anyone that walked by on the street was going to see us all doing yoga on the roof sure. because they didn't care because they needed it because they knew it was good for their mental health because they knew it was going to be the way that they were going to be able to get through their deployment so that's that is the unique thing about soft uh, that in my opinion yeah i'm not saying there's not conventional guys that do yoga i know plenty of them and they're all excellent guys and they all have great practices but I think that the soft community is definitely a little more open, in my experience, in my experience, uh, to, to practicing. I have found the same thing. And so it's very odd when you think about that, because you you would think it's the opposite, that the soft community would be more that they wouldn't embrace it because, oh, that's that, you know, again, the you know, it's hokey pokey. It's that crazy stuff that's over there. It's not manly. You know, I'm not going to get it. That's, yeah. that's what a lot of conventional people, how they probably perceive the yoga meditation and everything. And even the soft community, not going into that, but you know, we get, we get people who contact us all the time to talk about, 
you know, hey, why don't you talk more about conventional forces or, you know, the whole thing where well, we try to we try to spread the love. The message that that is out there from the soft community is exactly the same thing from the conventional army. If you pay attention. Yeah. And so in this exact same you know discussion right here, it's really about, you know, centering, finding yourself, you know, getting in touch with your feelings you know, yeah. and with your body and the things that ail you, because to your point here, you were in, you know, the calf and you broke your back and everything. So you don't have to be jumping in, you know, hitting the X or, you know, whatever in order to, yeah. to hurt yourself. It can happen all over, but you're going to find that these types of tools and techniques can really go a long ways in yeah. so many different ways. And, and I think, I think part of it is, and this is just my limited experience. I'm, I'm one person who's had one experience in the military. Um, but when I was in the cab, I spent the majority of my time trying to be someone that I was not. Hmm. I was trying to be constantly tough, constantly confident. Even if I was scared shitless, I wanted to make sure that all my guys knew that, that they could look to me and they were confident and they knew that, that I had their backs and I always had their backs but inside, sometimes I was shitting myself. Yeah, which which is all of us sometimes. Um, the the thing about soft is is when you look at people like or you look at organizations like Softlead, for example. So like Doug and I have had have had multiple conversations about yoga and multiple conversations about uh, about yoga in soft. And what's great about them is that they are, or at least the position that they're in, is that they're in a place where they have a massive mouthpiece to a large chunk of the soft community to say it's okay. Mm -hmm. Whereas on the conventional force, it's a lot harder. You know, you find, you find a different population that's espousing yoga on the conventional side as you do on the soft side. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong at all. I'm saying that there's a disparity. Yeah. And what, what's great about, about companies like softly is that they truly are on you know, the forefront, you know, they are, you know, obviously they're, they're a fitness, they're a fitness organization, you know, they and don't get me wrong. I love their, I love their programming. I do their programming. I'm one of their athletes. I love softly. But that being said, they're also perfectly fine with saying we do yoga. We're going to wear, we're going to wear jorts and we're going to do yoga. And right. that takes, that takes a hell of a man to wear a pair of jorts and do yoga. <laughs> and that makes it okay. You know, I had, I had a dog handler on deployment, Ethan. He was an, an amazing, amazing dude. And right after you had asked me to be on Mentors for Mill, I put it up on my story and I said, I said, I'm absolutely stoked to be on Mentors for Mill. And he came to me and he said, don't worry what, about what anybody says. Don't worry about if anybody says anything about you, you being yoga, about you being you know, a yoga, a yogi, I should say, mm -hmm. or being in the yoga community. You go on to Mentors for Mill and you speak your truth and the right people will listen. And coming from a guy that I respected, coming from a guy that, that had been there and he had done that, that meant a lot to me. And that's how I knew or that's how I felt that the conversation was changing. Yeah. And I think that that's what's incredible. And I think, I think the longer that we have these conversations and the more that you know, people like me and you are having these conversations out loud to a wider audience – I think we're going to slowly start to see an incremental change. Yeah. Well, Absolutely. one would hope. And and I think that, you know, there was a post, actually, I think I shared today on Instagram stories. Um, and 
you know, this being by the time we air this, it'll probably be like a week or so ago. So if you didn't watch it within the 24 hours of stories, unfortunately, you probably didn't see it. So that's a bad part. But at any rate, it was the Marine Corps is starting to embrace even at times as part of their physical uh, regimen, you know, yoga. And many of them, I'm sure, came kicking and screaming to the mat, wondering what it was. And I can remember those days, even when I would show up at PT and there would be this person who's, you know, that's got the boom box that's sitting there. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we're going to do this workout that she's going to, you know, yeah. demonstrate and we're going to follow. We got done and we were high fiving one another and going, holy <laughs> cow, man, that was a exactly. workout, you know? Exactly. You, we that, wanted, in the very beginning, we're like, oh, this is fun. Yeah, whatever, yeah. you know, and laughing at each other. But at the end of it, it's like, whew, out of breath, huffing and puffing. And we're like, dang you know what's funny is 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 the first time so we we actually we run a festival every year here in southern pines north carolina and our very first festival was co-sponsored by combat flip-flops so griff came out yeah so griff came out and he said you know what i bet you if we called it aggressive man stretching we would get a lot more guys doing (laughs) that sounds like perfect griff yeah and i said i said you know what griff if you hadn't said it i would use it (laughs) <laughs> but, but it's yours, and you need to hang on to that one. Uh, you but, know, but it's true. We've stole one of his sayings, by the way. We've said it often on the podcast that your your net worth is your network is your net worth. He said yeah. it on this podcast. I think he was on like episode. I don't know. Don't quote me on this. Twenty or something like that. He's yeah. one of our first guests and stuff on the podcast, and he made that statement. We've used it over and over again, but we don't always give Griff credit. Uh, because, <laughs> but we, now he's in. Now we've, we got yeah. Griff got credit for that. <laughs> so we, we're we've coined, coined it, copyrighted it, stole it, whatever. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Griff's a man, and, and you're right. It, and sometimes if you you put it in a different way, and if you called it something different, or if it would have been introduced to individuals without women in leotards and you know music exactly. and the, the again that kind of there are like you had mentioned. Um, areas and, and yoga locations that you can go to, they're going to be very different from one another. And some of them are going to be very much like you picture it from the seventies, very touchy feely, yes. you know, that kind of thing. But it's like a therapist. There are more out there. You got to find exactly. the right one. And in the same thing, in this case, if it's not available in some place within your area that you can physically go to yeah, Google and YouTube are your friend. I agree. I agree, hundred percent. And honestly, so so I never had the intention of teaching. So I took my two hundred hour yoga teacher training um, in eight weekends during my PMT during my pre mission training last year, solely for the reason so I could teach on deployment because I knew it was going to be a tough deployment because I knew guys were going to need it. But when I came home, I said, "I'm never going to teach." You know, like that, that was real yoga out there. Teaching mm-hmm. on a roof in Syria with Blackhawks and Apaches flying overhead. That, no like, music. That's like, like movie stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, I, that's the real yoga. I'm never going to teach again. <laughs> but then like, as soon as I walked, as soon as I got back and I walked into the studio, it's hot asana now here in, in Southern Pines. I walked into the studio and said, yeah, I've got to teach. Like there's, there's, there's no question because there's a population that will come to yoga because they see someone like me teaching. Yeah. And it's not because I'm the best teacher because I am not by any means the best teacher. I play music that I, that I enjoy. I, I, I make mistakes, you know, but I teach in a hot class, which I like to sweat. And a lot of guys like to sweat, 
but I, I'm covered in tattoos. I I don't look like your typical yogi. So if I can be a way to bring guys to the mat that wouldn't have been to the mat otherwise, then it, then even for that one person, even for those two guys, then I think it's an absolute success. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. And I think that for those who may be listening to this episode and, and thinking, you know, I've never really thought about it that much and or you're you're like thinking very similar to the gunner uh, that there's no way that I'm going to get involved on this and, I, and I'm going to get on the mat, then just take a few minutes to really think about, um, you know, the benefits that you could receive from it. Give yourself a chance open the window, open the door, yes. step into it, see what it's all about, and then make those statements because, you know, we say that for everything else we do in life. If if you if you haven't gone there, if you haven't done it, it's harder for you to go ahead and you assume you can't jump out of an airplane. You assume that you can't do this or you can't do that. Well, well said. Absolutely. Have, you, have you ever done it? You know, and you assume, and if we cut ourselves down all the time, and we don't give ourselves the opportunity, um, then we'll, we're going to die never knowing. And, and yeah, uh, and I'm still scared shitless to jump out of planes. You know, and, <laughs> as many times as I've done it. I'm, many people are static line, especially. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and, and I'm scared. And the first time I went to a yoga studio, I was yeah. scared shitless. Yeah. And I've been to war. And and what's what is the very worst that could happen? You don't like it. You maybe feel a little awkward. Yeah. We've all been through worse, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where can people learn more about what you're doing within North Carolina? But not only that, but are you teaching now online? Are you doing YouTube videos and stuff where people can learn from, you know, various stages and, and meditation and, and yoga? So we, we have free classes on our site. So the online class is actually uh, developed while I was deployed two deployments ago. And I had no way to practice. And I said, well, this is, this, this is wrong. I need to find a way. So we found someone. Uh, she's, her name is, or her IG tag is the Phoenix Yogi Marina. And she is our yogi for our website. So she has multiple classes on there. Clay Merritt, who's a retired um, CAGSARD major as well. He teaches a class on there. Um, and those are very accessible classes. And those are all on our website. Totally free. It's a way to get people into the door. It's a way to get people into the practice. Maybe if they're not ready to get into a studio, and that's okay. You know, not everyone is ready to take that step and get into a studio because it is intimidating the first time. Um, so first thing they can do is get into the, get into the online classes. Um, I also do teach in a studio here in Southern Pines. I teach at Hot Asana, H-O-T-A-S-A-N-A here in Southern Pines, and I have a Friday night class and a, and a Sunday night, a Sunday morning class. And I also do privates. Uh, we're teaching some of the guys from Gorilla Group have been coming out. Um, oh, yeah. Ryan. And, yep. yep. Ryan's been coming out regularly. And I've and seen the you, photos. If you read his post, you, you can see, you know, just in, in a few classes from me or could be any yoga teacher. It just happens to be that he's, he finds my classes accessible. You know, he's finding a little piece. Um, so I'm, I'm very happy to do classes uh, in the studio. Um, you know, we're not ruling out doing classes online. Like if I do live classes, uh, we also do a, um, a yearly festival, which we're hoping to run again this August. And it is actually the, from, 
what we believe is the only veteran, 100% veteran-run yoga, yoga uh, festival in the country. All of our teachers are vets. All of our vendors are vets. Um, one of our one of our instructors is on the online classes tab. Um, so we have a lot of opportunities to learn from on our website. We have a lot of opportunities to learn from in person. And then really the absolute best way to get in touch with us is on Instagram at liveamericanyogi or at liveamericanyogi.com. I am the one that runs the, the Instagram. I answer every single message. I answer every single comment. I am more than happy to have conversations with anyone who's just curious about, curious about the practice, curious about, curious about soft curious about mental health, curious about how to start. So please do, anyone that's listening right now, please reach out to Live American Yogi on IG or liveamericanyogi.com and drop us a message. Well, if you listen to the beginning of this episode, then you heard me talking about the messages and the things that you're putting out on social media. So I encourage everybody to follow the account, if nothing more than to to experience, you know, and to, to live in the moment or to, you know, to see the passion and stuff that you have, that you're putting out within your messages. And, and I think it's for some, it could just be healing enough right there Yeah. for others. It could be, you know, Hey, listen, I, I love the movement that you've got. I want to participate in that. You sell apparel and you sell, uh, sell, um, you know, stuff that is, is yoga related, so, you know, most definitely purchase it to be a part of the movement, no matter where you are. I highly encourage that. But most definitely, if you have an opportunity to either engage with you guys online or in person, then then that is something that I, I think that you'll probably walk away feeling really good about it and everything. And, and I love the fact that you're working with Ryan, you know, especially with Ryan coming on the show a few uh, few months ago. You know, we had the opportunity to sit down with him and hear his story and and knowing that he he's very open about his struggle with post-traumatic stress and the things yeah. that he's been through um, and that he's finding ways, whether it's through horses, through yoga or whatever, to help himself. That's what I really encourage a lot of veterans, especially to find. Find uh, your outlet. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and and I think the only other thing that I would stress is, is honestly, I think you said it perfectly, but the, the only other thing that I would stress is that you don't have to be special operations. Yes, you good can, point. You, you, you can be National Guard. You could be in the reserve. You could be a civilian. It doesn't matter. Everyone that's going through something in their lives, even if everything's fine and you want to find some presence, it's for you. That's the That's the only other thing. But otherwise... I could not agree more. Yeah. And I, and I truly appreciate the kind words, Robert. Yeah, no worries. And I think uh, maybe one of the things that you're able to do at some point is to have a festival that's more regional, um, that's aligned with the one that's there within North Carolina, um, where, you know, where more people can be a part of the movement in their local area, you know, and it's a big American yoga, um, you know, type of, uh, American Yogi kind of uh, festival that's centered in regional locations throughout the U.S. I think that'd that, be really cool. That that's the goal, hundred percent. You're you're reading my mind, Robert. That that, that is the goal. Good. Let's, let's make it happen. Sounds good, brother. Well, thank yeah. you so much, Phil, again for coming on the show, man, and I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute honor to speak with you. Appreciate it, Robert.